Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Cubs-related podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan, and we are coming to you on Sunday, September 27th of the year 2020. The regular season has come to an end. The Cubs finish the 2020 regular season 60-game slate by taking two out of three from the Chicago White Sox. And I would, this happened on Saturday, but at least for the first time on this podcast, as Brendan and I are speaking to you, I would like to introduce you to the 2020 National League Central Division Champions, the Chicago Mm. Cubs. Brendan, they get it done. On Saturday, they clinched the division title with a loss against the White Sox, but the Cardinals also lost. But they come back on Sunday, they finish the season with a W, and with so many crazy things, so many hurdles and everything that all these teams across Major League Baseball have had to face, the Cubs not only make the playoffs, but they are atop the NL Central once again. Their offense and all the struggles that came with it you still have to recognize the effort this team put in to, to get to this point. In David Ross's first year as manager, there comes a ton of obstacles and a huge learning curve for rookie managers. He did this in COVID, Corey. He did this in a weird, bizarre season, managing larger rosters. And without Javi, without KB, without Rizzo, without their entire middle of the order producing like they have in the past four years, they won the division. He got this bullpen back on track. He and Hadevi and the rest of the coaches got this team in a position to win these games. There is a ton of credit, and I know it's easy sometimes to focus on the negatives with this lineup, but take a step back and look at what they did, man. They won this division. They deserve every single ounce of happiness with this division, and I'm proud of them. I really am. Yeah, man. It. it I, I, I said this on Twitter yesterday, and I've kind of been railing on this sentiment for the last several episodes, especially once they clinch the playoffs officially. But I, I really think that this is how I look at it and, and how I think a lot of people look at it, that every team showed up for this weird season with the same hurdles to go through. 
right? They all had to deal with, just like we all do, the pandemic going around. They had to deal with how their social lives and their families were going to be impacted by that and, you know, having to take all these protocols seriously and just this, this whole unprecedented situation. And like David Ross said, if they're giving out a trophy, I want it. And the Cubs haven't won that trophy yet that he was talking about. But the Reds, the Brewers, the Pirates, the Cardinals, the Cubs, they all showed up on day one trying to win the National League Central Division. And only one of those teams got that job done. And that job was done by David Ross and the Chicago Cubs. So for as up and down of a season as this was, and you know, there's going to be when we look back on all of it, it's some crazy numbers. I, I never imagined that, you know, it would be the last day of the season and Len spent a good portion of the broadcast today talking about whether Javi was going to finish with over a 200 batting average, <laughs> right? If he got in it bad or whatever. So I never expected that. And in looking back, it's going to be weird. But that's the nature of a 60-game season and a short sample and, and you know, no fans and, and all these different things. But I think for as exhilarating as this season has been at times, for as frustrating as this season has been at times, this team came together. They are the only team in Major League Baseball that did not have a positive test for COVID-19. Yep. They committed to the protocols. They committed to to the group effort, to the message that David Ross and Theo Epstein and the Cubs organization put out there, and they got the job done. And it was funny reading on social media, you know, kind of some of the responses, like from Cardinals and Brewers fans, right, who all of a sudden now don't care about winning the division and think it's a farce of a season, blah, 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 miss me with it, right? Seriously. Every team, every player, every fan showed up. Whether you thought this season was a farce or not, you still can, but they're still playing it. And if you're watching it and you're a fan of these teams, you're a player, you're a manager, you're an owner, whatever, you wanted to win. The Reds didn't, the Cardinals didn't, the Brewers didn't, the Pirates didn't, the Chicago Cubs did, the NL Central championship is theirs once again. And Brendan, kind of like we talked about last time for the Cubs making the playoffs for the fifth time in six years, I know we saw them win back-to-back division titles in 2007 and 2008, but it's still never not amazing to me when they win the division, and especially for them to win the division three times with a very similar group in these last six years is unbelievable to me, really. And again, like, we'll have plenty of time to diagnose the future of this organization in the offseason and and seeing where everything is going to go. We all know that, you know, a lot of these guys' contracts and just the financial situation is at, you know, kind of a crossroads, right? But for these last six seasons, this team has gotten the job done more often than not. They've accomplished so much as a group And while we have a couple days before the Cubs and Marlins play at Wrigley Field for the playoffs on Wednesday, I think I'm going to, I know you are, Brendan, and I would encourage all of you, no matter how old you are, right, to try to just enjoy this, relish in this a little bit, right? Like the Cubs won the division again, again, and that's pretty cool. The lasting image, if you just take away the playoffs, and when we think about this weird season 10, 20 years from now, my my image is going to be that dugout, that energy during the season that every single day, no matter if Rizzo was batting under 200 or if Javi was going 0 for whatever, no matter the day, that dugout's energy was consistent. It was so consistent, you got... People throwing at them. You got complaints left and right from the opposing teams. And it's a testament to the environment Ross promoted. It's a testament specifically to the actual players, the actual prospects whom we followed for the last, for some of these guys, 10 years, Corey. This is this is really cool to see. And it's easy to get stuck on the numbers. God knows I get stuck on the numbers, you do. But taking a step back, 
That was impressive. The amount of support that you saw each and every one of these guys give their teammates was so impressive. To see Anthony Rizzo react the way he reacted when KB hit his home runs, I mean, come on. That 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 is so cool to see. And everyone, no matter if they're killing the ball like Ian Happ or if they're slumping or the pitchers or Yu Darvish is going to maybe win a Cy Young, everyone seemed to be on the same page, bring the same energy. And if you look at just like the expected wins this year based on run uh, differential, the Cubs basically hit their mark, their expected win mark. If you remember last year, they missed that mark by like, I think almost six or seven wins, Corey, Mm -hmm. right? So cleaning up the margins was accomplished this year in this 60-game sample with everything going on. You have to take a step back, realize what went right, what went wrong, but what went really, really right was this team support, cleaning up the margins, this high energy every single day. And then we heard about urgency and accountability. To me, we just saw it for 60 games every single day. David Ross in his rookie season as a manager and his first season coaching in general in in a baseball capacity for him to navigate all of this and was he perfect no I don't think so but did he bring the changes that we wanted to see in this group from 2019 over to 2020 on a fairly regular basis and have the guys bought into his message and as we've been talking about have them ready to conquer the various challenges that this unique season was going to bring absolutely mm-hmm. and that is really really impressive coming off an off season where we were wondering who the new manager was going to be there was you know obviously uh, a wide list of candidates and ultimately for it to be David Ross and for him to have so many questions and you know some of them fair right some of them ridiculous right like the how is he going to manage his friends thing right uh but For him to conquer so many of those challenges and to lead this team to a division title, I think is really, really impressive. And again, like it's it's going to be very easy for people to write this accomplishment off or to trivialize it in 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 all sorts of ways, right? Um, But the Brewers made the playoffs as a team under five hundred. The Cincinnati Reds got in there because teams like the Phillies and the Giants couldn't knock them out, right? And all we heard about all offseason was how great the Reds are, how exciting the Reds are. Is it their turn in the NL Central? Blah, 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 right? No, it wasn't because this division belongs once again to the Chicago Cubs. So this here's how we're going to do this. Uh, today is going to be sort of just what we've been doing, relishing and winning the division title, talking about what the Cubs did on the south side of Chicago to finish out this season. And, you know, just sort of like general end of the season, here's where things landed kind of vibe. Uh, And then we will come back to you, I believe we'll record on Tuesday. And then so you'll have an episode late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning that will be a standalone playoff preview. We'll probably talk about, you know, the playoffs in general on this episode. It's not off limits. But in terms of a strict playoff preview, we're going to do that separate. Uh, And obviously, we haven't recorded that yet. But I can tell you that the vibes are going to be strong. Very hot. Okay. Uh, As we always do with the playoff previews, I don't care what happened in the regular season. I don't care how we got here. We're going to get hyped for the Chicago Cubs in the Major League Baseball playoffs. So you can look forward to that on Tuesday. We'll be but, wearing our two chains just like everyone else. Yes, <laughs> yes. If you if you haven't already picked up your two chains for the playoffs, uh, you're going to need you them. Doing? High socks, two chains, can't lose. That's how I'm walking uh, out of my that, house on Wednesday, man. Yeah, right. But... Let's 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 talk about a little bit of just what happened in this White Sox series, how we got there to the Cubs winning the division, and you know we'll just sort of see how things go uh, from there. So on 
Friday, the Cubs winning 10 to nothing. The Cubs putting up double digits multiple times in this particular series. So that is always cool. Uh, this was behind the arm of Yu Darvish, who gave just about as good of an outing as he could have in his regular season finale, a regular season that was outstanding. Cy Young worthy. Will he win it? I don't know. Uh, but he is in the conversation to stay, and that is where he belongs. It was an incredible season for you, Darvish, and he put the exclamation point on it on Friday. Seven innings, three hits, no earned runs, one walk, and five strikeouts. He finishes the season at eight and three. He is the wins leader. He has an ERA of 2.01 to finish his regular season. So that is, uh, again, just frankly, an incredible season for your Darvish. We will talk about that a little bit. Uh, But he ends his season leading the National League pitchers in war with 3.0. Again, a 2.01 ERA in 76 innings on the season. Fantastic for you, Darvish. That is, uh, putting it simply, a lot of good stuff in this game. Schwarber homering Wilson Contreras with two home runs. Uh, Javi Baez with a home run. Victor Caratini with a home run. We also got Javi Baez batting left-handed in this <laughs> game. Awesome. He doubled and that brings his lifetime batting average as a lefty to 500. Uh, so that is pretty cool. A nice little footnote for Javi. Um, especially after he flew out that time against the Reds batting lefty, I've always wanted him to be able to rectify that. I obviously want him to hit a home run, but either way. Uh, I think it will happen eventually. I mean, the both both sh- uh, shots he had from the left-hand side, the one against Cincinnati, he just missed, right? I think I think it might happen at some point. Oh, yeah. He, he, he got under it just a little yeah. bit, but yeah, it could have been there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that was pretty much the story. The Cubs do a really good job against Dylan Cease, who only lasts four and two-thirds innings, giving up five runs. And yeah, Friday was a lot of fun. So then Saturday, the Cubs end up clinching the division, but they lose 9-5. to five. Uh, The defense let him down a little bit, but John was a little erratic in this one. Remember, we went into this one noting that this is not a good matchup for John Lester, uh, but those three starts prior to that were all quite good. So uh, I feel pretty much exactly the same about John. And I think I said this probably at the time, like as long as they're not playing the White Sox in the playoffs, he's your number three starter. Uh, again, it's just not a good lineup for him to be facing at this point. Uh, but the Cubs had the lead in this one, and the way they got the lead is about as jacked up of, as I've been in a long time. Brendan, Chris Bryant returns mm. to the lineup, so and good. listen, if you <laughs> have found a source for your Cubs podcasting or writing or anything like that, that is more effusive in its praise of Chris Bryant and more, uh, what is the word, Brendan, just like harsh on the point that if he is healthy, we always believe in him and believe he is one of the best players in baseball. Um, I don't know what that source is, but I would be surprised that you found it because I think that's what you get here from Brennan and I. And Let us boy, know who it is too because I want to go uh, join in on that fund. Yes, well. support them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, but Chris Bryant returns to the lineup and launches a grand slam Crushed in it, his Corey. return. He goes two for four with four RBIs in mm. this one. And boy... Did that feel good? After the game, Chris Bryant said a curse word. I know, ladies and gentlemen, multiple I don't times. Too. Send Not just off one time, multiple times. Here, but I gasped, Brendan, when this tweet came across <laughs> the timeline. I, I gasped and said, "Chris Bryant said a swear." <laughs> but he said it twice, dude. And and he, you know, for emphasis, he really went slowly and gave a gave a little bit of a deep breath in preparation. He knew it was a little bit tough for him to do this. Yes, when talking about folks on Twitter and their criticism of him, he said, I don't give a 
expletive. We're not doing expletives here today, but it was the S word, folks. Know, yes uh, word. You can fill in the blank there. But yeah, that was wild. And it, it it's funny too, like, again, as I've said, like, I think Brendan and I are perhaps the, the poster boys for defending and supporting Chris Bryant uh, as, as one of the best Cubs of all time and someone who has accomplished incredible feats in a Cubs uniform. Uh, but if you are worried that Chris might be talking about you, he's probably talking about you, I gotta tell you. Uh, there, there was a lot of people, typically I think if you're wondering who he's talking about, just go read the Cubs mentions whenever they talk about Chris Bryant. I think that's who he's talking about. But that was funny. And it was just incredible to see him have that moment, uh, you know, because he's obviously struggled. We've talked about that. And it's been hard to figure out whether he's healthy, what exactly is going on. His wrist, you know, still was was pretty clearly not there after that diving attempt. And, you know, now he had this thing uh, recently and, and he's back. And, you know, I, I can't speak to the shape that he is in, but he certainly looked good this weekend. So uh, as we've been saying this whole time and, you know, true of all these guys, Baez and, and Bryant in particular, I don't care what they did in the regular season. If they want to get hot right now, Let's go. All right. Let's ride. So, anyway, Cardinals lose. Uh, Cubs also lose, but thus clinching the division, the magic number at zero, and the Cubs win the division. There was that moment. I wanted them to win. I, I think it's obviously more fun when they win the division uh, and are able to celebrate that on their own. But I, I kind of was relieved of that notion when they cut to the dugout and all the guys were high-fiving and hugging and David Ross was screaming. Dude, he was going all nuts. Of that. I, lo- I love that. They, they, they cut away right at the last second, but he was screaming to someone in the stands too, and he let out a big, like, F yeah. I don't know yeah. if you saw that, but top notch. Yeah, so, you know, once they were like, all right, forget it, I don't care. And, you know, with especially the way that, you know, it's it's been a while since they've been able to, like, truly celebrate, as you'll remember, they had clinched the playoffs uh, in 2018, but wanted to win the division, so they didn't really have, like, that traditional celebration. celebration. Right. So I, I think it made sense for them to not do that this time and just say, you know what, however we got there, our goal was to win the division. That was, you know, step one of the steps in, in you know, ultimately checking all the boxes this season. So let's just enjoy this. Uh, and that is what they did. And then the finale on Sunday, the Cubs winning 10 to 8. Uh, they were up 10 to 1 at one point. Uh, none of you care how we got to 10 to 8. Uh, but Adbear Alzali was really good in mm-hmm. this game. Another good showing for him with those Very new pitches. Good. Five innings, two hits, one earned, two walks, and eight strikeouts. So a really nice outing for him. Jose Quintana coming in in relief of him looked very nice. I think that's something that's going to play. And we also saw the debut of Braylon Marquez, and he was wild. And, you know, that was one of the things that uh, you kind of worried would be the case, or at least possibly expected, Um, you know, but that's why people wanted to see him, just to see what was going to happen and to give him a shot, get him that experience, because it's a weird season and you had the runway to do so. So uh, I give the Cubs credit for ultimately pulling the trigger on that. And, you know, I think part of the thinking will be, well, if you had called him up a little earlier, you might have had more outings to have him iron out. He was clearly nervous, right? Like, and and he also got thrust into uh, facing Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu (laughs) in his uh, MLB debut as a 21-year-old who's never pitched above single A. There you go. So I can understand if he was a little nervous uh, about throwing the ball over the plate to those guys. But yeah, uh, you know, ultimately they saw what they saw. They decided to wait to bring him up here. And, you know, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't expect uh, to see him in the playoffs necessarily. I wouldn't be surprised if they, they bring him along and maybe think about it, but you just didn't have enough time for him to really iron things out and, and you know, give you that full confidence that he can be that secret weapon. Um, but I give them credit for trying, and this is why people wanted to see it. Just give him a shot, get him that experience. I think even though this was a tough outing for him, I, I really do believe that this is a, a really strong thing for him. It gave him a taste. It gives him something to be hungry for. Uh, and, you know, now you have that over with. He's made his major league debut, right? The the nerves, the jitters, that kind of like breaking the seal is over with. And I and I think that's a big, a big thing for him. I definitely don't look 
at Sunday as a negative for Braylon. I think that's a positive experience. But anyway, uh, the Cubs win 10 to 8. If it is something that is interesting to you, uh, the Minnesota Twins also lost. So again, only if this is interesting to you. I'm just pointing this out. The Chicago Cubs cost the Chicago White Sox the AL Central Division title. Yes, they did. I don't have any further commentary on that. I'm merely stating facts. Mm-hmm. If the if the White Sox had beaten the Cubs on Sunday, they would have won the division. Too bad. Uh, anyway, that's the series on the south side of Chicago, and that is the regular season. The Cubs finish the regular season at 34-26. and 26. They win the National League Central Division. They are the number three seed in the National League behind the Atlanta Braves, who are the number two, and the Los Angeles Dodgers, who are the number one. They will welcome the number six seed Miami Marlins to Wrigley Field. All of the games in the wild card round, which is three games, so two to win, will be played at Wrigley Field. And that is it, folks. I know this is pretty wild, Brendan, but it's it's uh it's been a whirlwind. It it honestly feels like this just started. It to me sometimes feels like regular spring training just started. I can like sort of place myself back in mid March pretty easily, right? Um but here we are. The regular season is over. This this sixty game experiment kind of is is over we've done it and we have arrived at the playoffs and they finish with uh 33 wins which which is impressive they beat some of the projection models they did all this without their standalone middle of the order javi kb rizzo production and they they won the division and the way the the season ended in these three games here Almost perfect for the most part. I wanted to see some guys get back on top, and they did. Wilson Contreras, two home runs. Javi hit a bomb. Javi had a nice base hit in that last game up the middle. He asked for more at-bats. He got them from David Ross. You have really the quality of the at-bats looked much better, looked a little bit more loose, relaxed, I guess, if you will. It was impressive. And the way that the bullpen, too, has shaped up with Craig Kimbrell kind of capping off the the weekend throwing 99 more than 99 that that's encouraging so we're going into a postseason now with Chris Bryant not being as big of a question mark as we imagined a week ago and with Contreras looking better and Javi playing a little bit looser and Kimbrough throwing 99 we have we have some more comfort with guys who we've been following now for two yeah. months and that, that has to give me a little bit more of confidence going into it. And am I fully confident, like, hey, we have the best bullpen and the lineup is back? I, I, I don't know, right? But we saw what happens in a three-game set. And in this three-game set, the Cubs put up double-digit runs twice against one of the better teams in Major League Baseball. And their pitching, their starting pitching for the most part, shut them down, dude. They shut down one of the best lineups in the league. Darvish yeah. continued to look good. I thought Lester, Corey, I thought Lester looked good. I thought he got screwed by some misfortunate defense, um, misfortunate wind patterns in Chicago that night. Uh-huh. Overall, it's a positive. That, that was exactly what you wanted to see in a three-game set before a, a playoff series. Yeah, I I think one thing, I, I, I wish that perhaps the game on Friday had been the game on Sunday, uh, if I could swap the wins, because I think that game on Friday was everything this team needed and more. It doesn't matter that it was a couple days ago. Well, Chris did not homer on Friday, Corey. So we got, yes, we got back, true. Back homers, so yeah. it wasn't everything, but I, I think so much that happened on Friday was so good for this team um, in just the the mental energy portion. Again, like what, what we've been talking about is it doesn't matter what you know, that it, it, it shouldn't matter to anyone that Javi ended up finishing the season with a 599 OPS, right? What's going to matter is how this team performs in the playoffs and ultimately like what they're able to do when the spotlight is really on. But on Friday, you just had so much go the right way. Javi hitting a home run, Javi getting to bat lefty, you know, have a little fun, feel that swagger again, right? And the issue with Contreras getting beaned and the Sox having guys thrown out of the game, Rizzo and Napoli and those guys standing at the foot of the dugout ready to brawl if they had to, all that, right? I thought that was so good for this team, right? And especially in a game that they end up winning 10 to nothing, 
right? Like in the last weekend of the season to be able to have one of those moments where you just feel energized, the group is together, you kind of have that like, are we about to fight? Like we're the Cubs. Like it just, it it had that feel of just like a really nice mental energy game where you just had so many things that, you know, for lack of a better phrase, just like reminds the Cubs of who they are, right? And just gives them a second to be like, we're the Cubs. We came, the White Sox are also trying to win the division. We came to their ballpark, and in this game on Friday, and then eventually in the series, we're beating them around the ballpark, Mm -hmm. you know? And they're throwing at our guys. They're throwing the ball all over the field. The Sox made two errors on Sunday. They had more, or two errors on Friday. They had more on Sunday. Like, this was a. I'm, I was very pleased overall with this series, especially the Chris Bryant Grand Slam on Saturday and the uh, the just overall energy on Friday. And then, of course, I I didn't mention this because I was focused on other things. Chris Bryant also hit a home run on Sunday. Yeah. So, which was more impressive to me than the one on Saturday? That was 92 mile per hour sinker like thrown at his kneecap and he turned on it so that 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 was huge for me because he's been struggling against those inside fastballs the entire year i mean the hanging curveball grand slam was great but he got his hands through this slow or this low sinker turned on it that was awesome you've counted on restaurants now they're counting on you and while their dining rooms may be closed they're still open for delivery with doordash DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle or Wendy's or the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on that order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. The wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. It was a it was a really good series, and then I you know especially on Sunday, like obviously the Cubs bullpen ends up letting the White Sox back in that game, but the White Sox were playing for their division. The Cubs were playing for nothing. They had a lineup that went Billy Hamilton, Cameron Mabin, Kyle Schwarber, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, Victor Caratini, David Bodie, Jason Kipnis, Nico Horner. So not exactly their A lineup, right? And they came out, they put up another ten spot, and they prevented the White Sox from winning the division. So I, I think you got to feel good about the energy on this team, the mindset of this team, it it's not necessarily, I, I don't, you know, I'm not looking at this, but I don't necessarily think there's like a big corollary between like how you finish the season and necessarily how you do in the playoffs. Um, but there's way worse ways to go in the playoffs than the way that the, the Cubs managed to finish this season. And of course, you know, that's after a, a disappointing way to begin this week, uh, you know, but they they end up putting together a really good weekend with a lot of good individual feel good kind of like end on a high note performances from some of these guys. So I think all told it was a, a really nice weekend for a lot of them. But yeah, I mean, look, like I, I think the, the Chris Bryant thing is a big deal. And especially in a season like this, I'm, you know, are we going to take two games and just assume that his oblique, his wrist, everything is healthy and he's back to 
peak KB? You know, maybe not. I I don't know, right? They're they're not going to talk about his injury status. Like they're just sort of saying he's fine. So, um, but to see him back in that lineup, dropping bombs, driving in runs, he's got the high socks, he's got the chains, he's feeling himself, he's swearing. Like I don't I don't know exactly what's happening. <laughs> you know, like I don't know what they did with Chris Bryant, but it's a new uh, we've got like the edgy alter ego version of him now and I'm definitely here for it. Uh Evan Altman of CubsInsider.com was joking on Twitter that, you know, this is perhaps Chris Bryant's heel turn, like when Hulk Hogan joined the NWO. And that's, you know, sort of how it felt like. Like he's he's embracing a little a little edge and a little darker side like to it. him. And I love it. And yeah. of course it is Anthony Rizzo who's egging all of this on and giving Duh. him the chains and asking to trust him and <laughs> do the high socks and stuff. Almost always it's it's Rizzo at the center of things, which reminds me too, on Friday we got the Wilson Contreras bat flip. Uh, and Beautiful. When pe- yes. And when people say that, you know, he sent the bat to the moon, he, he literally tried to. Like as, as he threw that about as high as I've ever seen a bat flip. And, of course, we learn after the game that it's Rizzo who tells him, if you hit a home run in this game, do something crazy. Like, let's get this team going. Because, of course, you're coming off of that uh, Pittsburgh series. So they wanted to turn things around. They they wanted to flip the script on, on the discussion around this offense and stuff like that. And they did that on Friday. And I just uh, there's just something I love that anytime something kind of wacky or funny, or out of the ordinary happens, it's almost always Anthony Rizzo, who it was his idea, or he's egging them on. He, he's he's that guy in this clubhouse. Do you imagine what that dugout will be like during this three-game playoff series? Like, if they, if they go on the board right away in the first or second inning, they're going to th- be hyped. That dugout is going to completely collapse. I mean, remember the, uh, the Jake Arrieta home run, game three of the NLDS in San Fran, like, when that happened, Rizzo was almost in tears. Imagine this year, given what we've already seen in the dugout during the regular season, they go up big in the first few innings, look out. And if Chris Bryant's one of the men who are doing that, look out again. But also too, Corey, the way, and th- th- this is this is kind of, I, I didn't expect it. The way Quintana pitched on Sunday he was throwing gas. He was throwing two miles per hour faster than what he was throwing a month ago. He was averaging 93 with his sinker, and he was almost averaging 93 with his four-seamer. He was hitting and only averaging 90.5 to 91 in his outings before this. So I, I don't know what that means. I don't know what his expectation is for the playoffs. I know you have John kind of locked in in your mind with Alzelay piggybacking off of him, but the way the bullpen has shaped out, we may need that multiple inning guy. And the way yeah. Q looked in that last outing, I think it may have gone under notice. That that was that was impressive. Ninety three coming back from multiple injuries looked relatively sharp. Not maybe what he used to look like, but ninety three from a lefty with a, a veteran mindset that that was also good to see. Again, like I think those in particular were some of those standout moments for this pitching staff on this weekend, just to end on a high note and, and really give you that confidence uh, for however they might be used. We we don't have, I you know, maybe we'll get that information over the next couple of days as the reporters and David Ross flip into playoff mode and David Ross and Tommy Hadovy and his staff sit down and discuss all of this. But I think Adbear really making a, a case for himself to be heavily involved here in in whatever their plans are and I don't I don't know what that might be I I really have no idea what they're thinking in terms of starting pitchers and stuff like that but he has especially to be in a playoff format I mean like he has to be Lester's backup in my in my mind like you think he'll start over Lester there's no way no, I, I don't think so, but I'm more thinking I wonder what happens, you know, once if they need a, a fourth starter or how that all is going to go. Because, you know, with the no off days and, it you know, it's it's sort of all going to depend on how long some of these series are and how long some of the other series are, you know, so it's we don't really know how that's going to shake out. But we know that it's it's not going to be your standard playoff game, off day, playoff yeah. game, off day, like, you know, or, or two playoff games, then you travel on an off day, things like that. It's going to be different. It's going to be much more like you got to, you know, wake up every day and get ready to strap it on and go. No, which so, is a good point though, because if, if Q does look, you know, a little bit more like himself, and if they do win this series against the Marlins, then 
having Q in that mix for, like, say, piggybacking off that four starter or even starting the fourth game, whatever it ends up being, that, that that is a huge deal for them. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think it's it's good to just have options, too. You know, now if you're looking at kind of Lester, Q, Adbear, Alec Mills as, you know, perhaps that, like, how, you know, however you're going to shake it out, the guys mm-hmm. behind Hendricks and Darvish, you know, you've you've got a good mix. You've got lefties, you've got righties. You, you know, Adbear has sort of changed his arsenal in, in the last couple weeks. So you have the ability to take a look at your matchups, take a look at the lineups that are going to be put out against you. And, you know, David Ross and the guys should be able to at least have some options for how they decide to attack all of this on a game-by-game or, or round-by-round basis. Um but yeah, I, I mean, again, ultimately it, it was a, a really nice weekend, I think, for this team. Just to to finish on a high note, you finish with a series win, you finish with uh, a couple games where you you know you put up a lot of runs, and you you kind of feel better about the offense in a general sense, just with the what they were able to do this weekend, and it leaves you in a good place, um, you know. So for again, as as weird and and up and down as as this season was, um, I, I think it was it was nice for them to finish with this, finish in a good place, and it'll be interesting, Brendan, to see what David Ross decides to do with this lineup, um, you know, because it it, it it's going to be interesting to see whether he kind of leans into the weekend that Bryant had and, you know, kind of returns him to the top of that lineup, or if they kind of look at it more as like, we brought him back, we hit him fifth, let's just leave it there. And, and you know, if he's great in that fifth spot, great, you know, and when we're going to put, uh, you know, guys like Hayward and Hap who have, you know, maybe looked uh, better on the whole for the season, you know, even though they've had ups and downs, you know, I don't know. But that that's going to be, I think, one of the, the more fascinating things to look at because we know as a matter of fact Darvish and Hendricks are getting those first two games uh, and hopefully you can win those and you don't even need a game three right Uh, but one thing we don't know is what this lineup is going to look like uh, when you're actually playing playoff games perhaps Mm -hmm. it looks similar to Saturday's lineup Saturday's lineup was Hap, Rizzo, Contreras, Hayward, Bryant, Schwarber, Javi, Kipnis and Caratini at the DH, so perhaps it looks something like that, uh, where you have Bryant, Schwarber, and Javi, some of the guys who have you know found themselves struggling the most after those top four guys, and you and you sort of just say, hey, if they heat up in that middle to back end of that lineup, great, you know, the lineup becomes longer, and it's you know, but we're not going to count on it, uh, or does he kind of go back to the lineup that? we all sort of envisioned and, you know, move KB back up, move Javi back up. I don't know. I, I, I really couldn't guess. Uh, but that's, I think, one of the, the interesting things to look at is what is what does Ross do with this lineup as it relates uh, to the Miami Marlins? I think the lineup on Saturday, as you said, probably would be my my bet on what he does. Um, I like Hap in the leadoff spot per the usual. The one slot that I'm not super confident about, but I did appreciate that he did try it out, was using Hayward in the cleanup spot. But Hayward, over the last 60 plate appearances dating back to September 7th, the numbers aren't looking the best, man. He has a 78 WRC+, but uncharacteristically, he's striking out at a 30% clip in those 60 plate appearances. So that's that's not who Hayward has been the entire season. So I I, I don't know why that is. I don't know if they've identified something in the scattering pores or if just randomness, but I don't know if Ross is going to necessarily go with Hayward in that cleanup spot. If he does, I'm going to support it. I've been saying I want to see Hayward in that spot the, you know, for the past three weeks. So I, I like that we finally saw it. But I can see a scenario where you see David Bodie actually more. He's been playing a lot better. He had multiple home runs. I think my preference would be to stay with KB and Schwarber and Javi five through seven. I, I don't know how much stock you want to put into this three game series, but I like what I saw from Wilson. I like what I saw from from Hap. I like what I saw from Tony. And I just I, I just have that confidence in Hayward's approach right now. I, I know the numbers are not there, but I just like what I'm seeing. And with with KB and Schwarber and Javi, the ups and downs for injury-related reasons or just natural weirdness this season, 
I'm just going to go with a little bit more stability in those top four guys in the lineup. I, I think that's fair, and I, I kind of, if I were guessing, I kind of think that's that's what we end up seeing. But um, I, I suppose we can talk a little bit about the bullpen and, and just where things finished off. Um, but, you know, just uh, kind of thinking about the regular season and, and just how it played out, I, I do want to note again um, that you know, you kind of see with the way that everything came down, especially that it comes down to that last weekend and uh, the Cardinals and the Brewers and, and all that. Um, man, like it, it still is is hard to believe that they started this season 13-3. and three, And it's uh, it was so crucial <laughs> to this whole thing. And, and just thinking about how they were able right. to win the division, win 34 games out of 60, uh, with so many of their key guys just not having the seasons that they would have envisioned. And, you know, that, that was something we saw across Major League Baseball. There's plenty of guys who uh, are stars in this league that just did not perform like this and that. But for the Cubs to be able to maneuver around that, maneuver around Q and Chatwood being out for a majority of this season— it's it's just really impressive, uh, and I'm glad, Brendan, that you and I banged that drum about how important that 13-3 and three start was, because uh, you kind of just knew that they weren't going to go pole to pole and like win 45 games or something like that, just playing at like an absurd pace. You, you kind of knew that that hot start was going to buy them a little bit of leeway to screw around a little bit, and, and they did, uh, but... Yeah, I'm just sort of like my my thoughts are everywhere, but I'm 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 still just kind of marveling at that start and, you know, kind of relating that to the fact that they were able to win this division despite everything that we've seen. Uh cuz especially now as we're wrapping up the regular season, you, you kind of look back on what we would have thought, right? Like at the beginning of the season and I remember asking Jordan Bastian when he had him on if I could if I could tell you one thing happened right? Only one thing, like what would you want to know that would make you really confident that the Cubs were going to have a successful season? And, you know, we all had different answers, but just thinking about that concept and thinking, if I told you that not one of Contreras, Bryant, Rizzo, or Schwarber, or or Baez would have an OPS over 800, right? You would have told me, I don't know if this team makes an 18 playoff field right? And so for them to ha- have not only done that, but but to win the division, win 34 games, and to, even though, you know, they ran into some struggles and, you know, bad stretches, especially towards the end here, like the, the season that Ian Happ ended up putting together, even though it didn't end on a, you know, as high of a mark as it started, but the season that Jason Hayward had, um, the, the contributions that you ended up getting from someone like Jason Kipnis and a late season addition, Cameron Mabin, and the season that you Darvish had, the season that Kyle Hendricks had, the the season that Jeremy Jeffress had, man, Jeremy Jeffress finished the season with a 1.54 ERA, mm-hmm. you guys, right? Like, and and the the bounce back that Craig Kimbrell was able to have after those first few outings, it's 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 just a moment to kind of like reflect on the the weirdness of this season and and the 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 fact that they were able to overcome a lot that I if you had told me certain things out of context beforehand, I never would have believed they'd be able to overcome. So looking at the bullpen, the potential we always knew was there, and they did prevent more runs than probably a lot of us expected. But the question I'm going to pose to you is after Jeffress and Kimbrell, assuming they're eight or nine in whatever order, where's your comfort level? So the way we're looking at this, we have Dan Winkler, we have Kyle Ryan, we have uh, Ryan Tapera, Jason Adam in that tier below Jeffress and Kimbrell. The concern or the, the one thing in the back of my mind for all those guys is is their command at this point. So Winkler, Jason Adam, Ryan Tapera, all their walk per nines are around five right now, but they're limiting the damage. They're getting a lot of whiffs. Jason Adam, his K per nine is 14 this year. It's insane. Ryan Tapera's K per nine is 13.5. Dan Winkler still missing bats, even though his strikeout rate isn't what we thought it could be, but it's almost nine right now. 
where are you with that seventh inning spot or just that, that I guess, top trio after Cambrill and after Jeffress? Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a rough outing on Saturday for Jason Adam. And, I, you know, I know that they're trying to get looks at these guys, but if we're nitpicking one thing, you know, that we saw as a trend in, in 2020, I, I don't get the over-reliance on some of these guys in multiple innings, right? Like, Jason Adam went back out there for an extra inning and it falls off the rails. And I, I feel like they just do that a lot, where they get a decent inning out of a guy and then they bring him back for that second. I, I know... You know, obviously, it's a, it's a weird year. You've got a lot of pitchers across the game getting hurt and stuff like that. But I don't know. It just yeah, it's I not like a trend I like. Like, let the guys throw a clean inning and call well, it. Well, they're not used right? to this not too in their career. They've never done this in their career. So, like this right. year, yeah, right now it doesn't make the most sense. But whatever. Not many guys are are very good at that, and and it's weird too. Like, especially someone like Jeremy Jeffress. Like, some of the only times we've seen him struggle is when he's asked to pitch more than an inning. It's just not. Not for me, but perhaps there's an internal reason that they're doing that. I don't know. Uh, but I, I still think Jason Adam is is one of those guys. I, I still like him. I still like Tapera. Um, and I, I think that those are going to be guys that you're probably going to lean on. I think given the nature of these playoffs and the fact that you're not going to have those off days, you're going to have to trust a lot of these guys, and I, and I think we've seen good reason to trust a lot of these guys, uh, you know, as we've been kind of breaking down this bullpen for the entire run here. But I, I think a key is sort of the opposite of what I was just saying. Like, once you're in the playoffs, though, you have to have a shorter leash with some of these guys. You know, obviously, you've got the, the three batter thing and, and stuff like that, so you, you can only do it to a certain degree. Um, but you know, we've we've seen I think a few times throughout the year where sometimes games have fallen off the rails, and you're kind of just watching a guy do it, right? Obviously, in the playoffs, you don't do that, right? If if Jason Adam doesn't have the command like he didn't on Saturday night, especially in that second inning, you know you got to pull the plug, right? Like I think he's been a trustworthy guy. I I have no problem giving him the ball in higher leverage spots, um, but you just have to be more readily available with that hook and just say, hey, the command's not there tonight. We got to go get somebody else, right? But I think ultimately, like, they've landed in a good spot with this group, uh, especially if you're able to at least look at how you want to use someone like Alzali, someone like Quintana, et cetera, right? Um, I, I think it's it's a good group. It's a trustworthy group. And yeah, I, I I mean I think I think it's there. I think the options are there. Um, you definitely have some guys that it it's not going to be hey every night this guy's lights out, right? But I think you have enough guys that you can piece these games together and figure out how you're going to get these outs. Is Kimbrell your closer yet or what? I I don't have a problem He's with it. Um, He's my closer. He's my closer. I think you know if if you. Are, are looking at the matchups or whatever. I mean, if you feel if you feel like you need to have someone be the closer, I'm I'm not really sure that Jeffress has done something to warrant being taken well, out of the, it. It's but I the guess walks. Since it was, it's it's the command. Yeah, no, that's yeah. fair. I mean, dude, uh, Kimbrel has not given up a run this September. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I I mean, look, I'm not I'm not trying to uh, shy away from yeah. that. He's he's earned the right to be put back in those spots, and I mean, there's a reason that we're talking about. Kimbrel and Jeffress sort of as like a separate group. Um, I, yeah, whatever they want to do, I'm 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 fine with. Kimbrel has definitely earned that, and you know, like in in the game on Saturday too. I mean, he was like sitting 99, right? Yeah. He wasn't necessarily just like touching it a couple times. Sitting. He was regularly throwing 99 miles an hour, and the the Sox is obviously a tough lineup. He got two strikeouts there, and he looks like the person you wanted to be bringing in. Um, you know, I think a lot of us are admittedly, you know, going to be a little scarred from, you know, just past experiences, but uh, he has 100% earned the right to be closing games for this team and to be uh, the the higher leverage reliever that you needed him to be. It, it took a while to get there, but David Ross told us it was going to take a while to get there. Um, and, you know, when we went through this whole process, I think that was one of the goals, just like, as long as it's not going to be the reason that they don't win the division or the playoffs, you can make it your goal to just have Craig Kimbrell be in that spot that he can be that guy in the playoffs. And that's where they've landed. 
and they deserve a lot of credit for that. And yeah, so it, to in a very long-winded way of answering your question, if they want Craig Kimber to be the closer, I'm on board. Well, I mean, if you were to ask that question two months ago, I think you'd be shocked uh, to be hearing yourself this uh, give that answer. So I think yeah. so too. So just credit to Tommy Hadovy. I, I know we talk about the pitching and the lack of development over the last f- forever, right? But this this has been really the year of Tommy Hadovy and that pitching development infrastructure uh, for the first time in in our fandom in this era. So I, I do want to point that out, like what they've been able to do getting Kimbrell back on track. Uh, I mean, transforming potentially the career of Adber Alzali. There, there was a time there around November, December, where we're not thinking about Alzali as, as a guy for this future. He's coming off some arm injuries. The data, the stat cast data is not backing what some scouts suggested was a plus curveball. And what he's done in the past, what is it? 10 months. It's remarkable, dude. It, it really is. I mean, Alzelay's developed a new sinker. He was sitting with his sinker 95 to 96 today. He was throwing sliders, which he just developed literally two weeks ago. The slider, as we said last week, has more movement than 80% of right-handed pitchers. It's it's insane when you take a step back and realize what Hadavi, what Breslow has done in Three months in a global pandemic without the normal resources that these guys usually are equipped to use in a normal season to get Dan Winkler in a position where maybe he is going to be a guy in the sixth inning to get Jason Adam who throws wiffle balls out there in a position that, yeah, maybe he's your seventh inning guy and Ryan Tapera and turning him around after starting off, you may remember this, after starting off the year in South Bend because he wasn't ready yet. To do this all within two months and to this for be to, to be a staple for this team. This is this is why this team is in the playoffs, dude. This team's in the playoffs because of that bullpen. Like think about that. They're in the playoffs because yeah. of the starting rotation and the bullpen. That was my biggest fear going into the season. The, the lineup was an afterthought. I am shocked this lineup performed the way it did. I, it, in my craziest nightmares that I that I ever expect this to happen. So this this bullpen, this rotation is why they made the playoffs, and that is squarely on the shoulders of David Ross, of Tommy Hadovy, of Craig Breslow, of uh, Mike Borzello, of all these guys, even Adam Driver with working with Wilson Contreras in that pitch framing. To do this, this year, is remarkable. So a ton of credit. I want to point that out because we haven't bagged on these guys. We, we want to support them, but it's got to irritate even those within the Cubs organization to never see their pitching develop like this. And we've talked about it for years with the Dodgers and the Rays and the Twins who get these guys, just rejuvenate their careers. And the Cubs did that this year, dude. They really did. And that's that's a, that's a huge credit to this coaching staff. Not completely written off, but you know that a lot of people didn't give the the proper respect to yeah. in terms of their standing in this division, and uh, everybody, like I said, was was ready to give the Reds credit for spending money for once in their lives, uh, and it's not how things shook out. So a lot of credit all around, and we will ultimately see what the what the playoffs bring. We we don't have a series preview for you. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, we will do a separate playoff preview. Uh, we'll record that on Tuesday. It'll come out late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning to get you nice and prepared and nice and hyped. But that's that's the regular season, folks. Again, 34 and 26, the NL Central champions. Um, and yeah, I mean, like we... We could look at you know some of the individual performances uh, on a on a more direct basis, but we've talked about it a lot, and you know ultimately it's just not going to matter anymore. Um, and I think there will be a lot of time to break down how much stock you want to put into things and how much you want to evaluate the future based on what happened here and stuff like that. But for now, the goal is to beat the Marlins. The goal is to beat the Marlins and move on to play the winner of the Atlanta Braves and the Cincinnati Reds in the National League Division Series. So that is where the focus shifts. Um, And 
that's where we're at. But uh, Brendan, any any lasting <laughs> thoughts here on what was the 2020 regular season? It was memorable. I think that you know the validity of the season. You can debate that. That's fine. But just because some people don't think it's valid, this was still memorable. Like, and it was a much needed pause from like reality, if you will. So I, I, I genuinely appreciate what these guys did to see them behave like that in the dugout, to see them get hyped on a daily basis, got me hyped. I know it got you hyped. I'm ready for this playoffs and I'm excited about the future. I know there's a lot of question marks with the personnel and the turnover and the arbitration salaries and like everything that goes along with that. But I got to say, like, I'm really excited that David Ross is a manager of this team. I appreciate his honesty when he said when they won the division that a lot of the guys picked him up and his poor decisions that he admitted. And I appreciate that from a manager and someone in that position of of, of authority. So that's, that's going to be my lasting image. I will look back on this season with a lot of positivity, no matter what happens in the playoffs. I am not here for all these different posts who are already writing the Cubs off and trying to paint a picture that this era was a disappointment. Like, quite honestly, screw you if you're going to be putting that, that type of stuff out. This team won three divisions, went to the NLCS three times, went to the World Series, won a World Series, did this during a COVID season. Not one guy tested positive. I'm not here for any of your negativity. I'm not here for any bashing if you thought the Cubs were going to win multiple World Series, more power to you, man. Like, that just rarely ever happens these days. So that's that's where I'm at. Um, I'm excited to see what they do in the playoffs, but I got to say, like, whatever ends up happening, it's not going to destroy what's ended up being a huge positive this season for, for me. It's going to be weird. Like, I was talking to Brendan before we hopped on here. It's it's weird to think that, you know, there's going to be playoff games at Wrigley Field here and none of us are allowed in. That That's going to be a pretty, like, sobering realization. It's already been weird to not go to any of the games, but... I think uh, the the playoffs have been so amazingly fun for the most part for these last six seasons and just so many incredible moments and and the the vibes at Wrigley Field. I think it's going to be kind of jarring uh, for playoff baseball to be going on at Wrigley Field and none of us to be there. But that's 2020 in a nutshell, and you know we'll we'll deal with that. But I think. Um, you know, when, when they set out on this regular season, I think a lot of us didn't really know what to make of this entire process. I think a lot of us were unsure that Major League Baseball would be able to pull this off. I think a lot of us were partially uneasy as to, you know, whether the players were going to be safe and, you know, just how all of this was going to go on. I remember like those first shots from summer camp during the the workouts at Wrigley Field and, you know, everybody's showing up in their masks and they're sitting socially distanced in the stands, listening to David Ross delivering his opening remarks and just thinking this is truly bizarre. Like this is really just some of the weirdest stuff that I have ever seen, and we'll see how this goes. Um, And, you know, from watching those exhibition games at Wrigley Field to watching, you know, Kyle Hendricks dominate the Brewers to start the season at Wrigley and stuff like that, it's, it's, uh, it's wild to to be at the end of that. It doesn't feel like it's already been sixty games. It doesn't it doesn't feel like it's been a couple months, and you know that we're we're already to where a regular MLB season would be ending anyway. But it's again like I think a, a really cool moment for this organization for them to have been able to pull this off and to be the division champions. Because like I said in the intro, like there's going to be all sorts of discourse about whoever eventually wins this tournament, right? And and whether it's a legitimate World Series championship, whether there's an asterisk next to it, who else would have won the World Series if it was 60 games, all sorts of different stuff, right? But I, I really think the way to look at this is, and I would look at this even if the Cubs had not won the division, like everybody set out trying to win. Everybody wants that championship, right? So the teams that ultimately didn't get in, teams like the Phillies, teams like the Giants, etc., they all wanted to win and they don't have that opportunity, right? 
and the Cubs do, and a lot of other teams do, but everybody set out trying to win. Everybody want, in this division wanted the division title. They all tried to get it, and only the Cubs did, and I think we ought to be proud of them, and I think we ought to be glad to be fans of this group that in a really difficult spot, um, and I have no issue with any of the players across any sport, baseball included, that decided to opt out for their own safety, for their own health, anything like that. I support them in doing that. Um, But the Cubs did not have anybody do that. They have multiple guys who are cancer survivors and who are at a higher risk in this situation. They have guys who have just had children, newborns, you know, and, and are making sacrifices in that regard. And they all bought in. They all decided we're going to show up. We are going to try and win that trophy that David Ross said they're giving away because they're giving it away. And so far, they've taken care of every job that is on that list, every box that is on that checklist. They have checked so far. They made the playoffs. They had zero positive tests. They've stayed healthy and they won the National League Central Division. So up next on that list is beating the Miami Marlins in the playoffs at Wrigley Field. Let's go. We will be back with you in a couple days. Decompress, relax, enjoy a couple days without baseball. Relish in the Cubs winning the National League Central Division. Relish in them preventing the White Sox from winning the AL Central Division. Relish in the Cubs making the playoffs for the fifth time in six seasons. We will talk to you again soon. And when we talk to you, it will be time to get ready for the Chicago Cubs in the playoffs. Because folks, whether it's a 60-game season, whether it's 162, whatever it is, they are giving away a World Series championship. Somebody has to earn it. And just like David Ross, we want it. So let's go get it. All right? It's been a fun regular season. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you guys for supporting us. Thank you guys for sticking with us when Brendan and I had to talk about absolutely nothing for months, okay? Uh, But we made it. We're here. The Cubs are going to the playoffs. There is October baseball to be played. We will talk to you soon, and as always, we say, go Cubs. My hands are sweating. Aaron's makes getting the furniture, electronics, and appliances you need easy and affordable. Great deals, easy approvals, free delivery. That's Aaron's, the rent-to-own power of the AA team.